Secrets from a Coach. Thrive and maximise your potential in the evolving workplace. Your weekly podcast with Debbie Green of Wishfish and Laura Thompson-Staveley of Phenomenal Training. Debs. Law, you all right? Yeah, looking forward to this uh, episode today, episode 99. And uh, what, what image springs to mind, Debs, when you think of 99? It's got to be the ice cream with the flake in it, right? With lots of sprinkles and red sauce. Oh, I'll <laughs> be the sauce to your flake, Debs. <laughs> Which, of course, is a wonderful link to our third part of our summer school series, the Growth Programme. So G was for Growth Mindset. R is for relationships. And the third topic that we see as being instrumental for us to be able to grow, thrive and drive now and in the future, O is for optimism. So Debs, what does optimism mean to you? Why have we included it as part of this kind of uh, summer school series? So what's your take as a coach on optimism? It's so important, um, actually, Law, and it's uh, it's quite a challenge at times because sometimes we come across people that will only focus on the negative. Um, but ideally, what we want people to do is focus on what's the positive, what could be. Um, so we're looking at that from an optimistic um, viewpoint, really. Um, and it's that ability to think about different things that you're doing and expect it to turn out in a good way. Um, so you sort of look at things quite favourably, really. Um, and you're looking at it from a lens of, well, it could it could get better. Let's try again. All of those lovely things that you hear. Whereas the pessimistic viewpoint is one where they will automatically assume it will always be bad. And um, what's the worst thing that's going to happen probably will happen. Um, So therefore, um, the two of them are in competition with each other. Yet where we are in a coaching world, it's actually enabling somebody to look at the possibilities and the opportunities to look at it from a different lens and a different angle with a realist slant on it at times. So that's another one. We, you know, we don't just have optimist or pessimist. We have realist coming into the mix as well. But the idea is that, you know, we will enable people to Think about the good that could happen if they put their thoughts into it. So going back to what we talked about on the growth mindset, really, um, being able to you know, think about how it can be a benefit. And then the links that has to our own wellness and well-being is huge, really, um, because it can lower stress levels if we go, well, actually, I prefer that didn't happen, but it has but what can I do to make it better? So that ability to reduce our stress levels as a result of looking at it from an optimistic lens um, is, is can be just more healthy and much more better for us. Um, so we, I think optimists, in, in my view, and certainly through coaching, um, will you know sort of look at things as learning. So anything that's gone a bit skew with or a bit hard, they don't sort of sit and wallow in it. They look at it as an opportunity to learn, what am I learning from this? how um, it's just temporary. It's only a sat one setback. I can overcome this. You know, so therefore, it's sort of always focusing on, um, I suppose, the promise, if you like, you hear, well, tomorrow will be a better day. So it's that's the bit that we look for. So looking on the, I suppose, the brighter side of things and looking for opportunities rather than it's all doom and gloom. I think what's really interesting, just listening to you share that about how it requires energy 
of the mindset owner, doesn't it? To be able to convert some, you know, something that's kind of happened on your radar, wanted or unwanted, to be able to sort of convert that. So um, I think when you look at some, there's some fascinating studies, Debs, about the real world outcomes that happen as a result of being optimistic. So I don't know if you ever caught this, but Dr. Paul Ekman, fascinating guy. He's the guy that was responsible for looking at this idea of microgestures. So there's tiny little giveaways in our facial expressions. Um, he was the famous guy who kind of outed um, Clinton in terms oh, of the okay. whole Monica Lewinsky thing. So he was able to detect that a lie had been told, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, he was in the inspiration for um, uh, uh, one of the US series, I think it was HBO series, Would I Lie to You? Oh, yes. So um, his work has kind of, uh, it's really fascinating because it's look at uh, the impact that facial expressions have on whether you can detect if someone's lying to you or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, in one of his books, he references this study that was done and it looked at the um, longitudinal impact of people's facial expression on their graduation photo taken when they were graduating from a US university. So here was a photo taken in the 80s. Um, 150 people kind of lined up and then the researchers analysed who's doing a fake smile known as the Duquesne smile where it doesn't lift your eyes it's just a pull of your mouth and who's doing a genuine smile so they were able to look at okay well all of those people who are doing a genuine smile in that moment it indicates they're looking at the world with a genuine smile with that hope that the world is there ready and waiting for me and I feel positive about what's going to happen so it could be said that that smile is that facial expression that um, demonstrates a genuine smile that that person is feeling optimistic. So what they then were researching was, does a photograph in time showing either a fake or a real smile, does that have any impact on that person 25 years later down the line? And they were amazed to see that it did. Really? So of those people for whom on graduation day, like that is a celebratory day, all of that hard work has been put into it. Those students who had a genuine smile on their face had statistically better life outcomes wow. 25 years on later, whether that was relationships, health, careers, prospects, mm-hmm. mental health, whatever it may be. And that really stuck with me, Debs, because when you then hear of that phrase, a picture paints a thousand words, Yes. when we look at a camera on a milestone moment, it's almost in that moment you are kind of putting it out there in terms of how do I feel about myself in relation to the world? Yeah. What does that then mean? And of course, wow. there's something quite powerful, not only as a projector out, I'm smiling, but it's a console in. When we smile, it creates that inward sense of, actually, I feel a bit brighter about it. Absolutely. But of course, there's that fine line, Debs. I mean, I'd love to hear your take on this between faking it and masking it and pretending everything's all right when it's not. So what's that kind of sweet spot? I know we're going to look at some practical tips in, the, in a moment about optimism, but what's also something to watch out for in terms of this pursuit of an optimistic mindset? Yeah, I think, oh my God, Law, that's so, that's so fascinating, actually, when you think about that really, because I suppose that's where the realist comes into it. When, you know, people will look at things from maybe an, you know, whether, you know, from an optimistic, but a realist will have that ability to, I suppose, blend, for want of a better word, optimism and pessimism um, with, in an evidence-based way. So they will recognise the things that they can control and they won't invest the emotion in the things that they can't. Um, but I think on at the same time, um, it can actually, I suppose, if you're always looking for the evidence that everything's going to be all right, then for me, there's an element of when do you dream? 
When do you wish? When do you hope that things will turn out better? Um, and it's that bit with so much change happening at the moment. You know, I think we have to have an element of optimism and hope because the news, as we know, surrounding us is bringing everybody down. And that is very pessimistic. Oh, whoa. However, there are good things that can happen if we look out for them. And and I think if you find out, yeah, how do you know if you're an optimist? I think, you know, you feel that you will succeed um, in the face of life's challenges. So you're not going to be dragged down with it. So when you're thinking about how might I overcome this, that smile inside to yourself is so important. But also if you live a, a bit of a lie and on one breath you're absolutely the all singing, all dancing, outward facing, yet when you get into your own home and close the door, it's horrendous, then actually you're not being congruent with who you are. You're not living what we call in in coaching terms, your authentic life. So you're out of balance. You're out of kilter with your emotional and physical, mental and spiritual well-being, really, because you're living a lie. So you're in conflict sometimes with yourself. So therefore, when you have conversations with people that it all looks rosy and we all show up in a way as to how we want to be perceived, right? But when you get used to watching body language, listening to the words people are using, a bit like you were saying with Paul Ekman, you can see behind the smile. And actually, it's that ability to notice that's, there's something not quite right. And I've always used my gut instinct on that one. It might be all smiles, but oh, there's something not right. There's something amiss. Um, and it's up to you whether you pick it up with that individual or not. But yeah, and I think that's why people come to coaches and speak to us because we they can be the, who they want and they can share that on the outside world, nobody would ever know that there's something not right with me. But I can, because it's a trusted space and nine times that we just don't know those people, um, they feel comfortable to tell us actually the world's crumbling. And it's like, wow, you know, how are you maintaining that level of energy? Going back to you were saying, Law, to show up in that way, yet knowing that your world is falling apart behind the scenes. So, you know, we bring, I suppose, the two together um, with evidence. So going back to being that realistic approach that says, well, you know, what is it about your life that is going well today? So we enable people to look at the things that they are doing or can do um, and that the obstacles they're facing at the moment, could they be seen as opportunities to learn something different? And then with time and space, you watch the shift in people to connect with their whole self. That's the only way I could describe it. It becomes, we call the golden thread that comes right from the top all the way down and aligns all of you, um, which is in the work of obviously all your chakras, but it aligns you as one. And then you're living your compassionate, existent, fulfilled life. Cool, Debs. Cool. A 99 flake ice cream and chakra. I mean, you know, what oh. more do you want for like a summer <laughs> se- summer school series? Um, and to bring that kind of, uh, you know, to just to thrust the commercial edge into there. Yes. I can't think of a single organisation that at the moment isn't encouraging their leaders to connect, to engage, to be empathetic. It's such a hot topic to, to in terms of engaging and inspiring people. And it's jolly difficult to engage and inspire others if you're not feeling particularly bright or optimistic about sort of what's going on. So what we're going to be exploring in our uh, three top tips is looking at whether it's bringing more of an optimistic mindset to our to ourselves um, just because we think that's going to be useful for us um, or whether it's being able to encourage an optimistic air around you to have that impact and influence over others. So 
sit back, relax, let the waves of opportunity wash up against you. And then let's take some time to think about from an optimistic point of view, how do we create more of an optimistic mindset to grow and develop and maximise our joy and success. Okay, so I think one of the first things that's worth having a think about is making that link between optimism and your mindset. And we were talking earlier about pessimism and realism um, and the vast amount of research that comes from the world of placebo and nocebo. So the placebo effect, I'm sure many of us are familiar with that, but the placebo effect is where if I believe that this sugar pill is going to be good for me, then actually my brain will deliver me a dopamine hit So that will activate the dopamine receptors in my brain in anticipation of something good coming my way. So our mind-body link is so smart that even just thinking about going into a dark room causes our pupils to dilate, even though we're not going into that dark room. So therefore, if on a physiological level, if we think that sugar pill is going to be have a magic ingredient, even if it doesn't, um, and then we start to feel better as a result, then actually if we were to transfer that across to the more practical world in terms of, I've got this meeting coming up... <laughs> <laughs> if I think it's going to be full of good stuff, I'm going to have more of an optimistic uh, um, energy that I bring to that, which means that I'll meet the eyes of the other people directly on. I'll have a slightly cheerier, but it will be discernible lift in my initial greeting. And then actually behaviour breeds behaviour. So even from the initial facial expression, logging onto that call or walking into that room, just like the placebo effect, if I think this is going to have some value or some positive stuff, then I'm more likely to then um, bring out more of that positive um, productive behaviour mm. in myself as well, which will breed it in others. Nice. On the converse, the nocebo is the evil, nasty twin opposite. Oh, go so on. The What's nocebo effect is if I think that this food is has gone off, right? <laughs> I am going to feel a bit sick after. Oh, okay. Such is the power of the nocebo effect, which is if I think this is going to be bad for me, then my body will release. Uh, in preparation, all of those little kind of, you know, hormones and all of those little uh, uh, chemicals to get ready for something nasty happening. So if I think this meeting is going to be a complete nightmare, then everything about me is going to clench in advance of getting ready for that particular situation, which means my tone of voice or my entry into that conversation might be a little bit lower. My eyes might kind of not be able to maintain eye contact. All those little giveaways that in an instant can kind of set the scene in terms of how we're able to build rapport, engage, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Even if we're not someone that particularly likes meeting new people, it's the energy that we kind of um, kind of bring to that. So there's a huge body of research looking at placebo and nocebo. Let's transfer that across then to, from a behaviour point of view. So have a think about a couple of things that might be on your radar coming up, whether they are professional interactions, whether there's some personal interactions. And if actually you're finding the e easiest thinking process is to go into, it's going to be a nightmare, it's Mm -hmm. going to be really challenging, then bring out some of that placebo effect. What if it were to go okay? 
What would be one thing that actually I'd consider a productive outcome from this conversation? So that's just the first kind of concept, really, is we see from the world of medicine that actually the placebo nocebo effect, our brains are so good at doing what we tell it to do. Um, What does that then mean in terms of an optimistic mindset? So it might not be an easy situation you're about to get into, but if you can encourage your brain by asking those questions, self-led questions what's what's actually would be a win from this what could be something that we take from it so think about something that's coming up in your diary that actually you're not particularly looking forward to the optimistic mindset if you were to play into that positive question what would be something I'd consider a positive from this and just see the impact that then has when you then in that moment turn up because behavior breeds behavior so you never know it could actually turn out to be the best interaction you have and as you often say Deb sometimes those tricky conversations are the biggest trust builders absolutely yeah you've got to have that and then have an element I suppose which is the next thing to explore really is to you know, how can we become even more, I suppose, realistically optimistic with some simple things that will make the difference? So we can um, add the sprinkles to the top of the 99 and explore that, Law. So I think one of the things that it can really help us to be optimistic, um, which is for me underpins all of that, is being able to show gratitude um, for the things that you have got in your life. So lots of people will practice gratitude um, and it is the um, antithesis, I suppose, of the negative outlook. So if I can practice gratitude, doesn't matter how tough my life is at the moment, I can look for the things that are good within it. I can think about and appreciate the things that are happening in my life that I am grateful for. So I think gratitude is something that enables us to build more of an optimistic outlook just by taking a couple of minutes every day, if you like, just to write down, I am grateful for. And it could be a bullet point list. It could be um, a page. It could be text. It could be just a picture. But if it's something that reminds you of what you're grateful for, it automatically can um, help with being more optimistic in the outlook that you've got around your life at the moment. I think also some of the other things that we can do is Think about the things around the small things. Lots of people will look for the massive things that make the biggest difference. But actually, it's sometimes it's those small little things. I know you shared some small little things that made the biggest difference, but they're the things that actually are really important because they're the things that happen all the time in our life. Um, And they're the things that if we can just stop for a moment and just capture those small little things that make the biggest difference to us, then by filling them out from a gratitude diary, then we can actually maybe reap the benefits of the small things. And we notice then more and more. So the more we practice this, the better we get at it, at noticing things. And therefore, the more confident we get, the more optimistic we feel that we want to keep doing it. So it creates that routine or ritual that enables us to build on that. I think also we mentioned this before about being able to visualise positivity as well. That can help. So visualising what you do want, as you said, Law, that difference between going into that meeting, visualising it's going to be a great one or not, will make a huge difference for you. Um, And I think, you know, just starting your day on a positive note can help. What's your routine? What's the ritual that you have? Do you get up at the same time? Do you sit quietly? Do you do some meditation? Do you do some writing? Do you sit and play with your children? Whatever. 
or do you contact your you know, your team? It could be whatever it is where you start the day on a positive note um, because you're already starting that day with hope and positivity. And if you get a curveball thrown in somewhere through the day, being able to come back and capture, oh, I started the day with hope. I'm just going to go back to that and start again. So the day might start at three o'clock again in the afternoon, but turn it into that positive approach. I think that all of those things linked to our creativity, our linking, you know, our doing something can actually help us be in a better place. So they would be some of the things I would consider where we can sprinkle the sprinkles on the top of our ice cream to just make it lighten up a bit and look so pretty and lovely. Okay, Debs. So we've had our ice cream. Now onto the pina colada. Oh, <laughs> has, it got although, a, has it got an umbrella in the top though? It or? has. Although oh, this right might then. not be a healthy choice for a breakfast drink because actually what <laughs> hey. I'm going to be sharing <laughs> as our <laughs> final tip is um, how we get ourselves up in the morning or whatever that start may be. So we came up with our um, everyday mindset maintenance tip and it's such, a, it's such a simple thing, but it doesn't mean it's necessarily easy. So where this links from an optimistic mindset is let's say you You've got a heavy lifting day ahead or a big week that's ahead, whether mm-hmm. you're in work, out of work, looking for work, looking to escape work. <laughs> yeah. um, if you've got kind of uh, quite a lot of stuff and it feels like it's sort of looming, how we get ourselves up in the morning is is really key in terms of getting to that optimistic mindset. It also makes a difference for the days off as well. Mm-hmm. So um, it was a ready, set, go. So first step, ready. Where am I on a scale of minus 10 to plus 10 in terms of my attitude towards this day? Because for any journey to begin, you've got to know where your starting point is. And to say to yourself, oh my God, I'm at a minus eight, at least you're then in control and bigger than that Mm -hmm. emotion because you've labelled it and you've outed it. And you might decide at that point, well, that's where I'm going to stay. Or you might make the decision of, well, what's one thing I could do to just shift it forward a little bit. The next step is um, planning the day backwards. So nothing cheers us up about a tricky day more than planning the day backwards and imagining it's already happening. So an optimistic mindset, it can already make us feel a bit more optimistic about the day if we plan it from 6pm backwards rather than 8am forwards because you've just got the hurdles and the stuff to do that is there almost as an obstacle. If you start planning in your mind backwards, it already feels like you've kind of conquered it. And then the third bit, so ready, set, go, is getting some momentum going. So what might be something within your little simple routine that just signifies to you, I'm doing things slightly differently today. Is there an adjustment you can make to your getting ready routine or whatever your breakfast choices are, putting a bit of music on. Our Gailey loves a bit of her music in the morning, doesn't she? she? So on the days when she's dealing with us nightmares (laughs) with our schedules, I know the louder that kind of dance music goes on. So getting that momentum going. And it's almost like you are tricking your brain into, oh, something feels bit different. I've got that kind of energy. So that ready, set, go, just a way of getting ourselves up in the morning. And as you said earlier, Debs, it could be you do that at three o'clock because the yes. whole day has gone <laughs> out the window. Um, and it's a way of just bringing a slightly different kind of energy to it. So maybe try that next morning or at the start of a week where you've got a bit of hefty lifting to do. How am I getting myself up in the morning? 
am I already starting the day feeling like I'm on my own side? Because as we heard at the start, if we feel like the world is on our side, we're much more likely to be able to take advantage of that rather than feeling like we're unable to do anything about our life. Because some days, you know, things aren't so easy as other days, but it's having that ease with the world around you. And how we get up in the morning is almost that real kind of uh, starting point. And that could happen tomorrow. Yes. Bring it on. So after all of that, now we've like demolished our ice creams and it's lovely. Um, I thought my call to action to think about optimism is one, go and find yourself another ice cream and look forward to that. That's so cool. Um, but the second thing I would do on a serious note is to think about what you can do to help. And I'm going to go back to that practice gratitude. I think that would be my call to action is over the next couple of weeks, have a look around and just stop and think about all the things you see that you're very grateful for, all the things maybe you can just hear as well. So just take notice of what's around you and just say, yeah, you know what? I'm really grateful for that. And that's all you need to do. Beautiful. And my share the secret would be as part of that gratitude scan that you've just said, Debs, if any particular people pop up on that, make connection with them. Share the secret. Get them to listen to this. Who wouldn't want to hear someone saying, you know, I was thinking of all the things I'm grateful for in my life and you kept popping up. I mean, who wouldn't want to hear oh, that? That's lovely. Yeah. And I think there's been, um, you know, we, we're hearing loads about how important connection is. And so there's nothing like, you know, a little call to action like this. And I would say share the secret. If a particular person pops up when you think of that gratitude scan, just instantly make make contact with them and uh, you never know. That could be uh, another person to share an ice cream with <laughs> on life's sandy beach. Oh, how lovely. <laughs> so I suppose that brings us into um, how that makes us feel, right? Which is our next episode in our growth series that um, we're going to be doing, right? Yeah, beautiful. So G was for growth mindset, R was for relationships, O was for optimism and our next one W is for wellness and we know that wellness is still a massive hot topic Debs isn't it? I mean our diary is full of team events and um, you know you particularly with one-on-one staff all around that topic of wellness so it's still a real big um, real big uh, topic that everyone is interested in so can't wait to sit there on the uh, on the shores, and as a special treat for everyone, don't worry, we're not going to be wearing our swimming costumes. <laughs> Thank God for that. <laughs> but it will be episode one hundred. The big ton. The big ton. Now, listen, that's not a nice way to describe your work colleague, Dev. <laughs> I was thinking more of me, actually, sitting on the beach in my bikini, not. <laughs> well, it's all about wellness, so therefore we're it going to is. practice self-acceptance. We look we wonderful, are. Debs. We look wonderful. But we're going to make it a video pod, so that will be fantastic. Yes. So we're going to get our uh, sun hats at the ready <laughs> and uh, in celebration of all of the people that have been cheering us and supporting us on in our Secrets of a Coach podcast, we thought we'd give you all a little, little bit of a treat. So um, that will be fantastic. So, Debs, I'll see you at the next one. Have a wonderful ice cream filled week you too law love you bye we hope you've enjoyed this episode we'd love to hear from you email us at secrets from a coach at aol.com or follow us on instagram and facebook and if you're a spotify listener give us a rating as it makes it easier for us to share the secret with others